just a moment, we're going to pray um, before the reading of God's word, and then Paul and Emily are going to lead us in our scripture readings for today's sermon. So before we read God's word together, let's pray. Father, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our teacher, and the glory of your son, Jesus Christ, and his kingdom purposes, our primary and utmost concern. As we hear your word read this morning, may it resonate within our hearts. May your Holy Spirit get the attention of our spirits, that we may be directed towards you, towards your truth, towards your wisdom, and towards the ways that we can shape our lives to be more like you, Jesus. And so it's in your name and with a request for your wisdom that we pray, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, you do need a microphone. Um, it's always the little details that matter the most. There might be a little bit of wisdom in that. So, thanks, Paul. Uh, Proverbs 1, verse 1 through 9. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let their discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise and instruction, despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Ecclesiastes, oh, Ecclesiastes I can't. 12, verses 9 to 14. Not only the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out to set in order of many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goats, I think. Their collected sayings were firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son and everything in addition to them. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including the hidden thing whether it is good or evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul, Emily, thank you for leading us in the reading of God's word this day. Today is its own separate type of sermon for Graduation Sunday, and so it seemed fitting to turn our attention to the wisdom literature, the wisdom books of the Old Testament, like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you could also include Job and Song of Songs, and as well as James in the New Testament. But today, if you, if you were flipping through your Bible to read along with each passage, you notice that we're at the beginning of the book of Proverbs and the end of Ecclesiastes. 
So the beginning of Proverbs, which has a pretty bright outlook on life, and then the end of Ecclesiastes, which Ecclesiastes calls a lot of things into question. Whereas Proverbs as a whole would say, do right and things will work out for you well. Ecclesiastes, and even more so the book of Job, which says, why do bad things happen to good people? Ecclesiastes says, you know what, I I do some things right, I've learned all kinds of things, but I'm not sure what it all matters for. There is a searching for wisdom in Ecclesiastes, and not in any way that contradicts Proverbs, but in ways that maybe presses the question of what is this wisdom that we are searching for? And so today, in some ways, I'll be addressing the graduates from college and high school and, and grad school and wherever else. But wisdom is timeless and goes through all contexts of life. And so I might be addressing the graduates, but these words are for all of us. And so pay attention to you if you're not a graduate this year, but you graduated from something at some point. And remember, the most important things that you learned you probably learned in kindergarten how to be kind and how to share. These are important life lessons. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes both have have longer lectures that they give, and they also have some one-liners, some sound bites. And probably most of us know a few different Proverbs that are those one-liners, those quick, witty sayings that we can roll off the tongue fast. But it also is full of lectures. Even as we heard Ecclesiastes 1 opening, within the first chapter, if you look further, we go from this introduction, and we also have this this concern of like a father writing to his son, of Solomon writing to his sons in this hope that they will embrace wisdom at the beginning of Proverbs. And then also in Proverbs, there is this personification of wisdom, that, that Lady Wisdom is calling out and saying, come to me for wisdom. In the same way we hear that echoed in the New Testament, if any of you lacks wisdom, you ought to turn to God for it, who will give freely. Sometimes we need a lecture, and sometimes we just need a soundbite, a one-liner. And students, I know that you have probably heard plenty of lectures throughout your time in education, and you're probably still going to hear some lectures throughout life, and you're also going to know your one-liners. I'm wondering if we could just try this out a minute. If I start a particular phrase, if you know how the phrase goes, I'm wondering if you'll finish it for me. So let's just try this out. A stitch in time saves nine. Haste makes, if if it was a snake, it would have bit you. Good. See, I always like that one. That's my reasoning for knowing that snakes are aggressive and bad and we should end them, you know. Um, At a petting zoo recently, Ada and Ben were both petting the snake and looking at me like, hey, look what we're doing. Ada, who's out sick today, but Ada looked at me and said, "Um, Dad, do you want to pet the snake? And I said, yeah, with a shovel. Um, (laughs) We know the phrases. Um, Oh, can't can't pass this one up. Righty-tighty but reverse threads are muy confusy. There you go. That's the, that's the addition to that one. So we know these short one-liners, but also they were probably accompanied with a lecture. You know haste makes waste, and what you also know is there is a whole lecture that could go with that of saying, 
don't rush yourself. You'll only cause more damage and you'll have to backtrack more than what you would have if you would have done the job slowly and right first. And so at some point in our growing up years, we probably got some version of some of these proverbs given to us. And they probably were accompanied with more lecture. And eventually, though, when we know the content of the lecture, the soundbite is all we need to remind us of the lesson. And that sometimes what's important to know is that we only need the soundbite. We don't need to repeat the lecture. Because I believe that this is true of most of us. We rarely need more information. We need reminders of what we already know. And so graduates today especially, I encourage you as you go into the workforce or as you continue education, for all the things that you'll learn, maybe learning new skills within your trade, new studies, but don't forget that great line from Ecclesiastes of making of many books there is no end and much study wearies the body. That's a great one-liner and one to celebrate, especially if you're done with the making of many books and all of the study, because it wearies the body. That's a great graduation verse for some of us. But let's just remember in terms of faith, there will be more sermons, there will be more books to read, there will be more lessons to take part in. But most of what you need to know is already in your heart and mind. And we need reminders. We need reminders of what we already know. And so in today's message, think of our words for communion. You've heard them in worship, remembrance, communion, hope. These three words by themselves, remembrance, communion, and hope, by themselves they don't mean much. But if we connect them to their greater meaning and what they remind us of, they can be incredibly important. Because sometimes all you need is the reminder of what you already know. And sometimes we do need the lecture to correct the meaning of a particular one-liner. I myself remember my parents saying, don't worry too much about curfew. That's a great one-liner to hear as a high school student. Don't worry too much about curfew. I did get a lecture, though, because I misunderstood the word, the words that they said. When they said, don't worry too much about curfew, what they meant was, if you're running a little bit late or cutting it close, don't drive in an unsafe manner. Just arrive home a few minutes late. We'd rather have you late in one piece. Um, what that didn't mean, though I interpreted it as such, was they didn't mean don't worry too much about curfew as, Stephen, it is acceptable for you to return home at 4.30 in the morning. When you get the one-liner wrong, you will still get a lecture at any age of your life because hopefully there's people around you who are eager to speak wisdom into your lives because as we reflect on those who have invested in us and spoken wisdom into our lives, They'll keep doing that. And different seasons in life will give us new, new voices to speak into our life. And yet there's wisdom that's needed for that. If we start with remembrance, remembrance, communion, and hope, I invite each of you, whether you're a graduate or not, to take a minute to think about the most important life lessons of faith that you have learned Think about who taught them to you. How did you learn them? Was it through instruction? Was it, was it through being around someone? What are the most important life lessons that you have learned and who has modeled it for you? Remembrance is 
about remembering the things that we already know. It's about rehearsing the stories of faith. It's why we go back to our, even children's Bibles can be a good primer in the stories that we knew but might have forgotten. Remember these things. And this is where Proverbs starts. In what we heard Paul read today, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching, meaning you're grown up now, you're onto new things in life, but remember what you learned. And remember who taught it to you, whether it was a father, a mother, a youth group leader, a Sunday school teacher, someone wise and kind that you knew in life's path, perhaps a teacher, perhaps a coach, perhaps another family member or friend that you looked up to. Do not forget the things that are of the utmost important. And as life will sometimes give us painful lessons, the antidote to that pain often will be making sure that we remember the core lessons that we already learned. Remember these things, for they are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. This is of the utmost importance to not forget. And in Proverbs 1-7, we're told, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It starts with God, and we add all of our knowledge to it. And we're told fools despise wisdom and instruction. One way to understand that word despise is to turn your nose up against it or to slightly turn away from it. Not in the good way that repentance, repent means to turn. Repent is to turn away from something bad towards something good. Despise is to turn your nose up and kind of side along, give a glance in a little bit of uh, disrespect. Do not despise like the fool wisdom and instruction. And as you go into a new stage of life, as you learn, as you grow, don't turn your nose up at the wisdom that you were raised with. Don't turn away from even what seems like basic knowledge because at the core of remembrance are the simple truths. Everything else is built off of them. And so, dear graduates, I invite you to remember and to maybe write down some of the people that have influenced you the most and what lessons have they taught you. What are the things that we simply cannot afford to forget but need to remind ourselves of? There will always be more information out there, but what we need in faith more often than not is reminders of what we already know. Boil it down to the simple stuff. And in remembrance of communion, we'll remember Jesus' story. That's why we rehearse it and recite it so often at communion, to remember and not forget what Christ has done for us. Pay attention to who else has modeled Christ-like behavior for you, who has modeled that wisdom that came from the fear of the Lord, that reverence towards God, and put knowledge into action. And also, remembrance, communion, be wise about who you're in communion with. Now, don't hear me saying you're allowed to turn away from people that you don't like or that you can ignore your neighbor or that you can say, yeah, those aren't my people. To a degree, you can. But Jesus doesn't let us off the hook of turning away from our neighbors. We cannot despise another human being and turn away from them. If we think so, all we need to do is remember the story of the Good Samaritan, that we don't turn away from a neighbor in need. We don't turn our back 
on another human being created in the image of God, no matter how much we might disagree with them. And yet, within Proverbs especially, we get some wisdom about who we are in communion with. Now, in a few minutes, we will share communion together as a church. And in this, we remember that we are all sinners saved by Christ's grace and that this table is Christ's gift to us. There is that type of communion that is offered to you. But for our graduates today especially, I'd like you to think of communion as your inner circle. Who are the people that influence you the most? And there to be wise and discerning of who, who has influence over you. Who are those that, well, quite frankly, that you'd go along with? Wisdom in Proverbs even warns against this casting your lot with those who are wicked, those who intend evil on others. Don't cast your lot with them. And that's where Proverbs says, be mindful of who you're in communion with. And who you are going to be like is going to be influenced by your inner circle. So with wisdom, be mindful of your communion. Who is it that you are the most like? Who do you imitate? And who influences you? Because in Proverbs 1 already, and it repeats several times throughout the book, we're given some warning about not being led astray by those with evil and wicked intentions. Remember who you really are. Remember who you are by knowing whose you are, which is Christ's. And be mindful of the communion that you keep, that Jesus doesn't let you off the hook, that everyone you meet is to be treated as a neighbor, and that Jesus showed us how to treat neighbors with dignity, respect, and love, whether we think they deserved it or not. Yet not everyone should be in our circle of close influence. There is a sociological study done several years ago, and sparing all of the academic language, the simple conclusion was this. Most of us are in personality and, and behavior a reflection of five people that we spend the most time with. How would you choose five people that you want to influence you? How would you choose them? And who would they be? And what influence are you hoping to gain from that inner circle of close communion, those who will speak into your hearts, those who you would follow, and those who you know you shouldn't follow? Communion is about sharing with one another. Be careful of who you let share thoughts and intentions into your heart. Paul, for you, would be make sure you're being influenced by people who buy tractors, not drugs. Good proverb, good proverb. We have remembrance to not forget the simple things we already know, even if it seems like too simple. Like, is it so simple as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself? Yes, absolutely it is. Is it so simple as we'll hear in our communion liturgy to remember Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again? Yes, absolutely. When we don't know how to pray or don't think we understand how to pray well, is it so simple as repeating the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Yes, absolutely. Remember and remind yourself of the simple truths of faith and surround yourself in your circle of communion with those who will reinforce and remind you of those lessons and people who are receptive to the lessons in faith that you also would remind them of.
remembrance and communion. And last of all, hope. Remembrance, communion, and hope. Now, I want to say that there's lots of good aspirations and goal setting in life that's different in a separate category than the hope that we have in faith, the hope that we find that, that Scripture points us towards. There are all kinds of good goals and aspirations, and it is something to celebrate on graduation Sunday and at open houses and as you've made decisions and as you've discerned where you're going from here. I hope that all of you have some sense of some goals. What's next? Perhaps some of your goals could be professional. This is what I want to do. Some of your goals are financial. That is also a good thing, not a bad thing. Some of your goals might be to, I'm going to get my own place, or I'm going to, um, you know, at some point, probably going to want a new vehicle. It is good to have some financial goals. Some of your goals might be relational. Maybe there is a, a picture in your mind of what, where you want to be in five or ten years and what you're looking for. Just be very wise and discerning of who is in that communion, of if there's someone that you're going to settle down with. Don't rush the process to achieve the goal. Don't rush the process to achieve the goal, whether it be professional, financial, or relational. These are all good goals and aspirations to have, to think about our future and to ask God into our future. But hope is something different. Aspirations and goals are one thing that we set and discern and we ask God, can you bless this? Am I on the right track? But hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. Hope in Christ means that even when your job turns sour, your relationships get messed up, your financial goals might get replaced with survival mode for a time. Hope in Christ is when all of the other goals that you've set, all of the aspirations you have, seem to be in shambles, and yet in that moment, Christ is still enough. When life doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to or thought you would, that is where hope is our foundation, that Christ is still enough for us. When life throws its nastiest curveballs at us in any field of life, that is where we say, Jesus is still enough for me, even in the moments where life did not work out the way I wanted to. And for that reason, we need Ecclesiastes which questions wisdom in some ways and still is well immersed in it. Ecclesiastes will question wisdom to say, I did everything right. I thought I understood the way to go. And yet things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Ecclesiastes balances us on that and reminds us, though Christ did not come into this world yet, that Christ is our hope. When all else has failed, when all else has gone wrong, when our goals seem to be lost in the wind, there we come back to Jesus and our hope in him and say, Jesus, please remind me of the things that I need to know. When I feel like a failure, when I feel shame creeping over me, I need to know that I am loved by you. That we remember in communion that Christ is our hope. And that's ultimately the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, that the teacher was wise and imparted knowledge to the people, pondered and searched out and set in order all the Proverbs and, find, and found just the right words for all of this that made it well-spoken and clear. And yet, after all of this, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God 
and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. That when it's all said and done, we want to honor God with our lives. That we want to remember the simple lessons we were taught even as children on how to honor God. That we want to surround ourselves with a communion of saints that will inspire us towards following Jesus. And that our hope is in God and God alone. And that we keep his commandments and that we know for all the times that we don't that our hope is in Jesus. For the last verse of the chapter, for God will bring every deed into judgment. And judgment sounds like a scary word. Judgment to me sounds like when you misunderstood the curfew rule and came home way too late. Judgment usually sounds bad. And yet Ecclesiastes closes with, God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. We assume that judgment will only be of the evil things. And there are wicked things and times we fall short and we go to Jesus to remember that we are forgiven. But remember also that all of the good is also brought into judgment. That when Jesus said, when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. That God sees all of those unseen things. And that as we gather for communion today, we gather as a group of sinners who are saved by grace. People who have missed the mark and yet have come back and said, my hope is still in Christ. And so, graduates and those who are not in that boat this week or this month, let us remember remembrance, communion, and hope. That this is where we remember who we are and whose we are. And that there are good things that we will do that will be unseen. And yet those will also be brought into judgment that God sees all the little acts of kindness, that God sees those moments where we got it right and we decided that we didn't need to brag or point it out, that God sees those moments where we went out of our way to go the extra mile, that God sees the generosity that we do even anonymously. Our hope is that as we go before Christ on the day of our death or when Christ returns, that we do know that our judgment is in Christ, therefore we are forgiven. And yet also that we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And where did all of it start? The fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge and wisdom. And the simple lessons that we need are the ones that might matter the most. So friends, remind yourself of simple truths. And for that reason, we turn to communion today to be our reminder of that which matters, to remember the communion that we share and those who will journey with us in faith to inspire and encourage us and keep us on God-honoring paths. And that here we find our hope in Christ's death and resurrection.